My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music to the cast to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia. I am your host and welcome to the podcast all about telenovelas. Today we are going to continue our recap of the 1998 classic La Usurpadora. But as always, before I get started, just a few announcements. First, thank you all again so much for listening to this podcast. I... Okay, listen... I know I say this basically every single week, and I know at this point it's probably a little annoying, but bear with me. So y'all know, I don't know, if y'all have been listening for a while, you know that originally like I would, you know, watch telenovelas with my friends Kimberly and Aranza, and then we would, they would come on the podcast and we would talk about them and recap them. And this is the first telenovela series that I've done by myself. And so it's, you know, it's a little different. It took some getting used to on my part. But so far, y'all really seem to be enjoying La Usurpadora. And y'all are really tuning in and listening, which either one, probably this is what's happening. You all love La Usurpadora like I do. Or two, y'all love this podcast. And that just makes my heart melt. And it makes me so happy. So, um, yeah. So I'm sorry that I sound like a broken record. But just thank you for tuning in. Week after week, so far doing La Usurpadora, this is the most listens I've ever gotten. And this past month of October is my most listened to month, which, you know, is exciting for me because I'm, I've, y'all, I've been doing this podcast now for eight months going on nine. That's a pregnancy. That's a long time. So Yes, shout out to you all and thank you all so much for sticking along for the ride. Second announcement, I still haven't decided on a new telenovela, so still send me your suggestions. I honestly, I have no idea which telenovela I'm going to do. I have no idea. So if you haven't sent your suggestions, you still have time to send them to me before I decide. And at this point, I'm honestly probably going to put all the suggestions in like a little box or something and then just pick one out and that's how we're gonna decide so send me your suggestions and then second my second announcement is that i forgot what my announcement was jk oh not an announcement it's just a fun thing that um i got tagged in on tiktok by chica Barita. shout out to her if you're still listening thank you you're one of like my first day listeners so shout out to you but chica Barita tagged me on tiktok and it was this video of a norwegian death metal band that is named fernando colunga like it's named after fernando colunga our beloved carlos daniel bracho and they actually have songs about him and his career and one of the songs is about la usurpadora so i'll link that band in the show notes so y'all can check it out it's just phenomenal it's so amazing thank you for tagging me in that video it was just so fun to see and y'all know that i love fernando colunga i too if i wanted to start a death metal norwegian band i too would name it after him but just i love it and one fun fact that i don't know if it's still true 
But there was a fact that said that every three seconds or something like that, there was one television around the world that had Fernando Colunga in it, just because he's had so many telenovelas that have been so popular. So yeah, what a king. We love him. Anyway, with that, we're just going to get started on our recap of La Usurpadora. And for this episode, we're going to be covering episodes 71 through 78. So let's get started. Okay, so first of all, one thing I realized like watching these episodes is that I wish that y'all could watch it with me and we could all watch it together just so that we can process things. Because when I'm recapping and doing these recaps, I kind of forget some of the smaller moments that made me laugh. So these are just a few that I actually wrote down before I get into like the actual recap recap. And one is, does anyone at the office ever work? Two, Willie would be really funny if he wasn't evil. And three, Paola just has the best wardrobe. And as I do the recap, I'll like mention why I had these thoughts watching them. But moving forward, I'm going to try to jot down like thoughts I had while watching La Surfadora because there are some scenes that are so ridiculous and so fun, especially any scene involving Paola Bracho. Oh, that woman, that character, my hat's off to her. I just adore her as a villain. So yeah, so now actually on to the real recap. We kick off episode 71 where we left off with Paulina and Paola embracing Paulina being a good sister and being like, don't worry, hermana, I'm going to take care of everything and you don't have to blame yourself. And y'all, Paola's just messing with her and playing with her. She's not even sick to begin with. And she's just using this whole act to... One, make sure that Paulina takes the fall and takes the blame and she's the one that ends up in prison. And two, so that she gets back in good graces with the Bracho family and she's able to go back to the mansion. And one thing that she says is she's like, you know, if my sister doesn't end up going to jail, she's going to end up being my servant. Like this woman has no love, no care for Paulina. Meanwhile, Paulina is just like sacrificing everything to make sure that Paola isn't going to get into any kind of trouble. So as we all know, Paulina's trial is fast approaching. But before that happens, Paulina becomes a millionaire and a homeowner. Shout out to her. So if y'all remember Douglas Maldonado, our millionaire that Paola had run off with, he returns and he decides to give Paulina the $2 million loan that he loaned her for the Fabrica Bracho. So this, one, not only makes Paulina a millionaire, but two, it also makes her the majority shareholder of the Fabrica Bracho. So now she owns them which is so fun and I love it. And I love that Paulina doesn't turn down the money and she accepts it. And also with this money, he also leaves her the house in Cuernavaca, which is this beautiful mansion estate that he owns. So our girl Paulina is now a millionaire, which is what she deserves. But she's still obviously like our Santa Paulina. And so I mentioned last episode how there were all these problems around the prison and Paulina was taking it upon herself to fix everything so she decides to use some of that money to start buying medicine and she uses it to like not help herself she's just doing anything that she can 
that she wasn't able to do before because she didn't have money and now she's using that money for the greater good. So this is amazing. But it also means that Carlos Daniel is being a little bitch and I'll get to him later. But first, okay, so the way I'm gonna recap this because there's so many, there's so much stuff that happens. Paulina is a millionaire and her trial is fast approaching and there's gonna be all these twists and turns in the days leading up to the trial. Uh, but before I cover the trial, I'm going to break it down by talking about the characters and what's happening in their arcs before I really cover the meat of everything that's happening leading up to the trial. So first, we have our toxicos, the toxic Willie and Estefania. So, despite Estefania having a non-existent baby bump, she suddenly goes into labor. This is, this is some of the beef I have with telenovelas. So for the longest time growing up, and I know this is my fault as a child, but I was a child, so, you know, I forgive my child self. But watching telenovelas, they never had bumps. Like, they barely had anything. So I really thought that pregnant women, like, you know, they didn't have bumps. Like, that they weren't really a thing until I was, like, you know five and six and I started to actually see pregnant women and realize that telenovelas were just like not truthful and so Estefania starts to go into labor and y'all she really has no no bump no bump at all but before she goes into labor she confronts Viviana and her madrina and there's like all this like disgusto that happens where Estefania confronts them and is like how much money do you want how much money so that you leave me and my husband alone even though Willie is the one at fault here really and the everyone everyone from La Vecindad they have like a Teresa moment a Ruby moment and they kick Estefania out of the Vecindad and are like get out of here we don't want to see you and so Estefania leaves and she's all agitated which leads her to have her labor but no one talks about it being a premature labor so I assume that things were you know at its course and she was due for labor at any moment but before she does Willie runs away like he literally just leaves, packs his stuff up and is like, I'm out because Viviana's neighbors are after me and they want to see me dead. So I'm going to go. And he abandons Estefania as she goes into labor, which is so fucked up. But Estefania finally grows a spine and she finally decides to change. And her baby is born. She has a beautiful baby boy. Ugh. And everyone makes comments about how he's so white and he has blue eyes, which really bugged me because, again, colorism in Latin America. And, of course, they're going to value this white baby over, you know, if he had been brown. Ugh. But anyway colorism aside everyone is like wow he's so beautiful he's such a healthy baby boy what are you gonna name him estefania and estefania is over the moon she's like i have a son i have something to live for now which brings me to another problem which is you know women not having a life if they don't have husbands or children which you know now estefania all of a sudden she's like i have a purpose in this world which girl no you've been having a purpose like you don't need to become a mother to have a purpose and this isn't me shitting on mothers or anything obviously mothers are amazing and they're like superheroes but i just the way that the telenovela frames it it's that 
Estefania now has worth because she is a mother. And before she was a mother, it was like Estefania now has worth and value because she's choosing to be a good wife to Willie. And so those ideals kind of bugged me. Not kind of, they really bugged me. And there's like this machista moment that happens between Estefania, Patricia, and Rodrigo. And I haven't really talked about Patricia and Rodrigo, but for the most part, I really love them. Like they're like a really stable and solid marriage and they, you know, get along. And when there's problems, yeah, sometimes Rodrigo is a little machista, but for the most part, they tend to talk through their problems and work it out together. So I really like them. Except for this moment. And this is, so Estefania has a son and she decides to name him Raimundo so that he'll be Raimundo Bracho, the second Bracho in the family, because the father that like adopted her and is Carlos Daniel and Rodrigo's dad, his name was Rodrigo. Sorry, his name was Raimundo. And Patricia and Rodrigo are like, "Mm, that's a great name, but you know, he's still Willie's son. So shouldn't he be named after Willie? You know, he still has rights as a father. And it's like, he literally abandoned him the day of his birth. And you still are like this man, this toxic man has power or or claim over him. Like, no. But thankfully, Estefania is like, nope. And she's not having any of that BS. And she's like, no, he is my son and I'm going to name him. And, you know, Willie can come back or he can't or or he, he might not. And I don't care because this is my son. And so she's really standing up for herself. And meanwhile, Willie's all he cares about is money. And when he runs out, he tries to come back, but it's not really working out. But basically, in summary, Estefania is finally standing up for herself. I don't like that it came because... She suddenly gained worth by being a mother, but I still like this moment of character development in her and Willie is being a little bitch. So that's them. Moving on to Veronica and Leandro. So this ties back to the Estefania and Willie storyline because I don't know if y'all remember, but Leandro was originally going to marry Viviana. Viviana is that young girl that Willie starts seducing and cheated on Estefania with. Also, it's revealed that Viviana is underage, so mm, a lot of red flags here. So when Viviana started cheating on Leandro with Willie, Leandro broke up with her and he started dating Veronica, who was Carlos Daniel's assistant, and she's this really beautiful woman played by Veronica Fonseca, Veronica, played by Adriana Fonseca, and she's really lovely, and she's really like Paulina. At first, she was giving me like... I didn't know if I could trust her vibes, but she's really like a good human being and very selfless and very much like Paulina. And she defends Paulina all the time. But her and Leandro started going out and they were going to get married. But then when everything happens with with Willie and Viviana, Leandro starts to really defend Viviana, which bugs everyone around him because they're like, you know, she also was like part of this and she was like inciting him and she was flirting with him, which now knowing that she was underage, I'm like, that should not matter. Like Willie is a grown ass adult, but for the purposes of the telenovela, I guess that doesn't matter. But Leandro was really defending Viviana. And that's when Veronica realizes that Leandro is still very much in love with Viviana and because she's super selfish or no not selfish because she's super selfless 
she decides to let him go and is like, you don't love me. That's fine. I'm not going to be the one that stands in the way of you and the person you love. And so she breaks up with him and Leandro gets back together with Viviana, who now is like, oh, I always loved you. Which, yes, Viviana is a victim, but I still don't like her. But uh, her and Leandro get back together and they make plans that they're going to get married. And once they get married, they're going to leave the city and go to the countryside and, you know, start a family there. Oh, and it's also revealed that Viviana is not pregnant. So she is spared from the fate of having Willie's son. So that's on Veronica, Leandro and Viviana. Moving on to our beloved Douglas Maldonado. So as mentioned earlier, he has left Paulina a bunch of money and a house, effectively making her a millionaire, but it doesn't stop there. So Douglas Maldonado decides that he's going to leave the country forever and never come back, and he's going to leave with his employee Braulio and everything. But before he leaves, he decides to write a letter to Paulina telling her everything he did with Paola and tells her you need to use this letter as evidence so that you can be set free. But of course, Paulina isn't going to do that. And she's going to be like, oh, no, no one can find this letter. So I forget if she actually crumbles it or if she rips it apart. But basically, she's not going to use this letter, even though Douglas Maldonado has now gifted her what she needs to get her liberty back. And she decides not to. And our Douglas Maldonado leaves to never be seen again. Actually, I don't know if he's never going to come back, but um, they kind of gave him like a send off. You know, he had his little theme music playing as he boarded his plane and left forever. So shout out to him. He was a good character. I really liked him. And I also really like that he respected Paulina enough to like not pursue her in the end and was just like, you know what? I'm just going to make her a millionaire, pay her back for like basically encouraging me to live my best life and we're gonna leave it at that and i appreciate that of him so may i mean he's not i was gonna say rest in peace but he's not dead uh but great character and i hope you know if we don't see him again it was a great send-off now moving on to carlos daniel and paulina so as i mentioned carlos daniel was being a little bitch and this ties directly back to Douglas Maldonado because when Douglas Maldonado leaves Paulina the $2 million and she becomes basically the majority owner of the Fabrica, everyone, like all the brachos, call for an emergency meeting where they're like, okay, what does this mean? And Carlos Daniel at first is like, wow, you know, she really is a millionaire now. But then he's like, no one just gives $2 million to someone. They must have been together. And he starts doing the thing that he always does, which is spiral and make things up in his own head and make up scenarios. And all of a sudden, he thinks that Paulina cheated on him and had an intimate relationship with Douglas Maldonado. And Abuela Piedad has to put him in his place and be like, Carlos Daniel, this happened when Paulina was pretending to be Paola, right? And then Carlos Daniel is like, yep. And she's like, so she wasn't married to you. She wasn't even like in a relationship with you. So she was a free woman, and if she had pursued a relationship with Douglas Maldonado, which I know she didn't, she was in her full right. And Carlos Daniel kind of just has to shut up and be, you know, and like swallow his pride. Ugh, but I don't like it. I hate, I hate that they make him 
such um I don't know what the word is. I just hate that they are always making him jump to the worst conclusions every single time. And I wish he was more stronger willed. But along this point, so we really don't get a lot of Paulina and Carlos Daniel scenes, unfortunately. But we do get a moment where Rodrigo calls Carlos Daniel and is like, you know, Veronica is now a free woman and you were really interested in her. And Carlos Daniel just, (laughs) he like visualizes And in his, like, mind, he only sees Paulina and he's like, no, no, Rodrigo. Like, there's no way, there's no woman for me besides Paulina. So at least he's standing firm on his, on his, you know... I only love Paulina train, but who knows with Carlos Daniel how long that's gonna last. So yeah, so while we don't get scenes between Carlos Daniel and Paulina alone, we do get scenes between Carlos Daniel, Paulina, and Paola, which are so juicy because Paola is just using them to manipulate each other. And there's a moment where Carlos Daniel walks in and it's Paola and Paulina, and then Paola is just like, look at her, doesn't she look so ugly without her makeup on? And I was just laughing because Paola is so mean to her sister and she's so brutal. And Carlos Daniel does this whole little soliloquy where he's like, she's like a beautiful wall. (laughs) He literally compares her to a wall and is like, but she's, you know, she's this wall that doesn't need paint. And even without paint, it's beautiful. And Paola's just like, okay, idiot. And then there's another scene where Carlos Daniel calls Paulina an angel. And then Paola is like, I never liked angels. They're always so cunning and they know way more than they lead you on. And then she's like, that's why I'm like the demonio. And basically she like compares Paulina and she's like, yeah, she may be an angel, but I don't like angels and I'd much rather be a devil. Which I've mentioned, okay, I've mentioned that this telenovela has like very much like 90s feel in terms of like, Catholicism and Mexican Catholicism but there's always all these parallels where the good people are always quoting the Bible and always being like God first God this and and the fact that they call Paulina an angel like you know we're obviously obviously we're supposed to align with Paulina and Paola is supposed to represent the devil Uh, but Paola is so fun that I can't hate her and I can't I can't not like her. And it's not like 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 I'm not like oh she's a great person, not at all. She's horrible and she's manipulative and she's evil and conniving, but she's also so fun. And so for that I can't hate her. But yeah, so again, we don't get a lot of Carlos Daniel and Paulina scenes. We just know that Carlos Daniel still very much loves her, but he's also being a little bitch and not believing in her. And now moving on to Paola and Paulina. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, I was really looking forward to Paola and Paulina reuniting because I knew that this is when we were going to get the best scenes. And yes, the CGI is horrible. And there are moments where I could definitely tell that they were putting two scenes together to make it seem like Paola and Paulina were in the same room. So it's horrible, but you know, it was the 90s. But we get some of the best scenes out of these. Like Paulina is like at first, you know, really trying with Paola. But then there's a moment where she realizes that Paola has not changed at all and that she's still evil. And Paola slowly, you know, gets better, quote unquote. Really, she's, you know, 
obviously she's she's healthy she's just pretending so soon enough she starts talking fully and then she starts threatening paulina and she's like you're gonna help me get back in the bracho home or i'm gonna testify against you or i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna make sure you rot in jail so she's attacking her left and right and poor paulina is still going with it and she's still like being there for her sister and she's still like i'm not gonna do anything that hurts you when will you understand and paola is just like i don't like you and there's one moment where she calls paulina at the prison and paulina's like all worried because the days leading up to this call Paola has only called her when she's like super sick or pretending to be super sick. So Paulina's worried, answers the phone. And then Paola's like, I just wanted to call you to tell you to never come back here again, that I don't want to see you and that I'm your enemy. <laughs> and just the way she says it and the boldness of Paola to just be straight up and be like, I am your enemy. And then Paulina goes because she's not going to take that and she's like, I'm still your sister. So she rolls up to the hospital and Paola is just like, what the hell are you doing here? I told you, I'm your enemy. You need to leave. You need to leave. So fun. All these scenes, all these scenes, especially once Paulina realizes that Paola is evil and Paola's done hiding and she's like, yeah, I'm evil and I hate you and I'm going to use you and I don't care about you. Those are the most fun scenes. So we get a lot of that. And all of Paola's threats are basically along the lines of, one, either you're going to get me all the money I want from the brachos so that I can leave and travel the world, or you're going to make sure the brachos take me back. And so this is kind of like the tension that we have between them as the trial is approaching. And so Edmundo, Paulina's lawyer, starts to gather witnesses and he starts to gather, you know, evidence that he needs to free paulina and he's basically like the most important piece of evidence that we need is paula's diary but the diary is nowhere to be found and carlos daniel asks paulina about it and paulina is like yeah i hid it and i'm not going to give it to you because you're not going to use it and so without that diary it's going to be really hard to make sure that paulina is acquitted from these charges and then the other threat is that paola hires a lawyer and pretends that she was like a victim and she is determined that she's going to testify and she tells her nurse she's like I'm going to be in a wheelchair and I'm going to look good and prideful but you know still weak enough where people are going to pity me and they're going to side with me so she's just being conniving but then things seem to turn in favor of Paulina when Hema decides that she's going to testify against Paola and Luciano reemerges. Now, if you don't remember, Luciano was Paola's amante lover that she first ran off with in Cancun when we first met Paola in the first episode. So he disappeared a while back and he had run away after telling the brachos that Paola was dead and then getting a bunch of money and telling them that Paulina wasn't the real Paola. So he got a bunch of money and he disappeared. And now he reappears and he has his hair cut, which shows that, you know, now he's mature. And he also has a wife who's pregnant and they're very much in love and he's going to have a daughter. And then he's reading the newspaper and in the newspaper, he sees the trial is approaching and he's like, wait a minute, they have the wrong person. And he's like, the real evil one is Paola. I can't let Paulina 
go to prison because it turns out that Luciano is a changed man and he fell in love with the right woman and now you know he's a good person and he's been working really hard to be a good father and he's been saving up money so that he can pay the brachos back for the money that they gave him. So he decides to like go to Paulina's lawyer and be like, I'm gonna testify in her favor. And so these are the two things that are turning up and that are turning up in favor of La Usurpadora. And then the day of the trial arrives. And when the day of the trial arrives, the first witness that they decide that they're going to interview and cross-examine is El Niño Carlitos. So poor little Carlitos has to dress up in a suit and his dad has to drop him off at the courtroom and just leave as the lawyers are grilling him with questions. I don't know how, like, I don't know how Mexican courtrooms work, but... Paola's lawyer shows up and he's like, I too want to cross-examine this witness, which I'm like, aren't there only supposed to be two pairs of lawyers? And with him, it would be three. So I don't know. I don't know how it works. But the lawyer, the prosecution is like questioning him. And Carlitos is, you know, telling the truth, being like, I wasn't kidnapped. I ran away. Like my mom had nothing to do with this. But then the prosecution is trying to trip him up and asking excessive questions and basically trying to get him to lie. But when they start to do that, Edmundo arrives, Paulina's lawyer, and he stops that and he's like, the kid gave enough, like, your honor, you need to stop this. Which again, I don't know how Mexican courts work, but I was like, shouldn't Edmundo have been there from the moment the questioning started? But I guess not. But he gets there just in time and they're able to get Carlitos out of the stand. And, you know, he gave his testimony and he didn't say anything bad about Paulina. And then he leaves and all the reporters are around. And then we get the grand arrival of Paola. So in the scenes before this, Paola had been, you know, putting her face creams and like preparing her outfit for the day of the court. And the nurse was like, oh, like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to wear? And Paola's like, I want to look great. I want to look beautiful. I want to look striking. And she rolls up in like this red outfit, this like little hat where the aesthetic is like, she's still Paola, so she's still seductive, but also she's like professional because she's in the courtroom. And she rolls up in her little wheelchair and she's like, Hello, cariño. I'm here to make sure La Usurpadora goes to prison for life. Dun, dun, dun. And that is how the episode ends. And that is it for this episode. Join me again next week where we're going to cover the remainder of the trial of La Usurpadora. We're going to find out if Paola testifies against Paulina, if Paulina gets acquitted, or if she's found guilty of being La Usurpadora. Thank you all so much for listening. I will see you all again next week. Bye, everyone.